0: up, Drew. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to How College Works. Today we thought we'd talk about collaborative learning. And based on our conversations before we started recording, there there are some differences to what that means between Melody and I and Drew as a high school teacher and probably our students as well. And uh, I get the feeling I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe this will be my collaborative learning <laughs> today. I think we can
1: learn collaboratively together today. I, I think that's <laughs> what is, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so why don't we start, since I feel like Drew has a really valuable perspective to bring based on high school instructor training, which is not necessarily really a thing for most college professors. If you were to say collaborative learning or one of the learning outcomes for our college is collaborates well?
1: Something like that. Something like that? It's like collaborate something, I don't
0: know. So, in my classes what that looks like often is group work, which I feel like I say these words and I feel my students dying a little bit inside, even across campus, Uh. (laughs) which I get. Right, I think we've all been in the group, a group where somebody else did all the work, or we had to do all the work.
1: Yeah, but have you ever noticed though that when students talk about group work, they are always the ones who do all the work, and it's never that they were the ones who. I suck
0: think the, the ones work? who get carried along are not the ones who complain about group
1: work. Oh, they probably love it.
0: Yeah, they're probably they're into it.
2: Uh, you have to remember, you're in college. <laughs> the kids that get to you are the ones that did all the work in high school.
0: Uh, <laughs> Most of the kids that get to us. <laughs> the that I'm
2: generalizing, but True. the guys that did the work in every group project in high school, they're at community college. They didn't make it to you yet.
0: True. Yeah. We'll get them in a few years.
2: And, and I guess, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a different level of, okay, group work is, a, is, again, that's kind of a charged term where everybody has a different picture of it, mm-hmm. but... It's different at a when you get to a college level or a semi professional or a professional level, that quote group work suddenly looks different in manifestation and in action than it did at high school level or even like junior high. Oh, we had a group project to build a model of, you know, the castle or the the California mission or whatever we're doing this year. And it looks way different at, at college. So their their perceptions are filtered by yeah, every past group experience, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, go
1: ahead,
0: let me, don't let me interrupt. Well, no, I mean, that, I mean that's, a, that's a good point,
1: and I, and I guess what I need to know then is what does collaborative learning look like at the high school level? Like, so you said building, whatever, blah, blah, um, are there other examples, like?
0: Well, why don't we contrast with sort of my best version of collaborative learning or group work, which is from my calculus-based physics course where, the, the labs are are group, like labs in almost every science field and I think other places as well. If you have a lab, they tend to be uh, working in groups. And there's been a fair amount of work from uh, the physics department in Minnesota, University of Minnesota, about how to make groups work well. And one of the things they say, they say is, is three to five, four is ideal, and you assigning roles to the group. So in my in my calculus-based physics, the first lab of the first fall semester class that's actually goes through like what are the group roles? What does good group work look like? What does dysfunctional group work look like? And so everyone is on the same page as to how to fill those roles.
2: I have I'm nodding my yeah yeah Drew's nodding yes. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm less good at getting those roles introduced into my one-on-one courses, which is something that I think in my next iteration, I'm going to have to allocate time in the first lab to go through the discussion about what is a manager, what is a, a recorder, what is a skeptic, you know, or a summarizer, if you have cool. four.
2: I love that your team role is skeptic. That's awesome.
0: yes. Yes. Well, it's important because otherwise they just keep going and going and going and it's like half this lab is wrong <laughs> because somebody, somebody said or did something which was totally not right and, you know, nobody got to it. Like this, this curriculum is used at not just a small college here, but like big places like MIT or, you know, University of Arizona. Wow.
2: No, I love I'm going to steal that. That's great. <laughs> uh, wow.
0: I mean, Did, l- let me know. I'll send you the videos and stuff, or links to them.
2: Uh, yeah, we can. I'll, I'll take a look at them for, for my stuff. The, the California Mission Project is like a fourth grade thing, so that doesn't—they're <laughs> doesn't, moving away from it <laughs> for various reasons. But um, I think nowadays all the parents just go buy them from Michael's and build them for the kids. But anyway— at, you know, at the high school level, and again, I'm, I'm talking about maybe the three or four high schools that I've worked at over 10 years, and I've taught some, mostly math, but I've taught a, lot of, uh, a couple of years' worth of English courses, too, where we do group collaborative work. Some of the 10th grade curriculum, actually, had, that we're using right now at my campus, the 10th grade English curriculum has students collaboratively writing uh, an essay. And it's, it is very scaffolded as far as uh, assigning a team roles of, of research and, you know, composing and editing and drafting and whatever. And kind of obviously in 10th grade, we're pointing out a lot, hey, use these three websites. Use that resource from the textbook or from the novel or whatever it was. And there's a lot of grumbling about, oh, it's group work and so-and-so is going to do everything and whatever. And same thing in the math curriculum we have teams of four or sometimes we'll do a team of three or partners in the math curriculum as and and the team roles are assigned so we've been through, I've been through like three years worth of on and off kind of training once a quarter with the math department from the curriculum publisher but you know this is how we saw this you know they're training us how to implement this in the classroom so and basically teaching what the what those roles are each time, just like you described, of saying, well, the the recorder reporter has to do these three things and ask these questions to the team, mm-hmm. and the uh, facilitator, you know, the facilitator has to make sure this and this and this happen and ask those three questions to the team, and you know, the the different team roles have to do X, Y, and Z and ask those five questions to the team. So they should, you know, the, the idea is we're going to work on something we've learned kind of ahead of time a little bit from the teacher and now we're going to explore deeper the topic by asking each other questions. Why does that make sense? Oh, how did that person make a mistake there in that problem? How does tangent ratio relate to the rise and run of a steep hill? You know, those kind of questions are are what we're throwing out. And it's, as a math teacher, it's really fun to watch that students are not used to operating in this mm. mode because we're just implementing, we're like maybe third year of this curriculum so theoretically after a little while everybody coming up is going to be kind of trained in this mode assuming we stay with the curriculum
1: which we will not so
2: (laughs) (laughs) so i
0: I, that's bringing up some thoughts for me but millie do you want to talk about how groups working in in your classes
1: i want to make two observations (laughs) i think that my students tend to think that collaborative like in group work type projects tend to come from the humanities, so I'm really glad that like science and math people are doing things <laughs> also. And I also feel like there's some gendered uh, aspect of collaborative learning, like it tends to be, oh, well, female teachers do that. So I'm also happy to hear <laughs> two male teachers talking about these things. So it's not just me.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at, all. not at all.
1: Well, I don't know, because they, they tend to think that, oh, well, of course you'd make it to collaborative work. It's a writing class. Merr. And I'm like, ah, uh, well, <laughs> life is collaborative. You
0: know, I mean, from the perspective of somebody who has spent a large chunk of my life now teaching and or taking labs as a as a physics major, as a science major, it is much more strongly associated in my mind with physics, chemistry, and biology.
1: Than say writing? Didn't say
0: writing, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah well, because writing is often, you know, individualized or romanticized as individual. Right, yeah, it's thought
0: of as this, like... Lone genius yes. in the woods. I yeah. mean, we're not all J.D. Salinger.
1: Dang it! <laughs>
2: well, collaborative writing sounds like when you when you throw it to the kids. Hey, we're gonna share an essay. They all think they're cheating.
1: It's, it's correct. cheating, yeah. You know, <laughs> right, and so like um, in my classes, I do collaborative writing projects. Um, I don't think I'm nearly as prescriptive as you guys are in terms of. I have these predetermined roles, but I do ask them to like divide up the work and to, to tell me who's doing what. Um, and then, of course, I use Google Docs, which allows me to see who's typing and how much and at what time. And then I also do this, like, evaluation. I ask them to fill out these things about their group mates that only I see, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's confidential between the two of us, meaning the student and me. And so if I see that, like, th- all three group members in a four-group, you know, group or whatever said, oh so and so didn't come to at least two meetings and didn't do her part then i'm like ooh, really so i don't give equal grades for group members on collaborative projects because uh, it doesn't work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and because not everyone does contribute equally and i do and so i think laying out those guidelines ahead of time and telling students i can see who's working i can tell who's working you'll be rewarded for your work or punished not really punished but you know not rewarded for you're working, yeah, I think
2: I agree with you, and I think that, that that you know the key part there is laying out the boundary or the expectation or the the end what the end looks like and the process looks like ahead of time because the kids walk in, the students walk in, the young adults walk in <laughs> with you know carrying their own concept of oh collaborative uh, you know this is jargon to them. Collaborative learning means group work means I'm going to hate it. <laughs> yeah the door carrying that and you have to like have them relax enough to release that baggage and know that the end is going to be, Hey, I will get rewarded for my top level work. Even though my group mates are garbage.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, and um, you're talking about like those frameworks, so I do have to sort of set up this collaborative stuff too, but I do a lot of peer review, which is a form of collaborative learning, and they come in with these weird notions of what it means to look at someone else's paper, and so I have to like break those all down and toss them out and build them back up because they're like, well, it's just not very helpful, you know, blah, blah, So we read articles about it and kind of get them into my expectations and we reframe it. But it takes time and they have to have one, two, sometimes three successful peer reviews before they buy into the idea that it's not total crap and a waste of time.
2: Yeah, we have to teach how to give yeah. uh, peer feedback, right? And say like, hey, let's read the feedback that this person gave last year. Was that feedback helpful to this writer? No. <laughs> no, you no know, and kind of train them like the way you would when you were norming your essay scoring among the department or whatever.
0: I think one of the things that's, that sort of has been tickled in my brain is that collaborative learning as opposed to group work in terms of learning things. Mm-hmm. This is a harder sell, I think, for, for physics labs because the physics labs are, they see them as a thing that you just need to complete. They don't view them as a vehicle in which to deepen their understanding of the subject, and so right. they see it as group work as mm-hmm. opposed to collaborative learning. and And so, when somebody says collaborative learning, if they are actually referring to what I think of as collaborative learning, like it's not about just getting something done. Like if you if you have a job, it's group work. Because like the job needs to get done. You, you, you're on a, a project team, it's not about learning skills, it's about producing the product, in which case that job is group work. <laughs> I mean, because the, out, the, the overall importance in, in thing is not about the Well, the end the goal is and, different. Yeah, the angle goal is different. Whereas if you're in a lab or doing that peer review or, you know, <clears throat> those groups in, in algebra class, the goal is to learn. The goal is not necess- not just to get the right answer. The goal is to understand why that right answer is there.
1: Whose goal?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, ideally the, the goal, <laughs> ideally the goal of the instructor and the goal of the students. Yeah, I right? think
1: my goal is for them to collaboratively learn. I think their goal is to complete the task most days.
0: Right, right. And that, and
2: so, again, every time we have this, this conversation once a week, I feel like you know my head goes back to we're really talking about grading.
1: Because oh, God. When
2: is, right? When you switch the conversation to learning, now you can talk with students about collaborative learning and what the outcome looks like and whatever. If they're chasing points mm-hmm. and they want a B minus or, a, or a, you know, a, a minus, B plus, whatever, for their GPA or to stay in the honors college or whatever they're doing, you know, and they're chasing points, they want to complete a task. They want to check the box and go do my next class's work. They're, right. You know what I mean? Like, conversation shifts over grading mm-hmm. and points to learning skills now we're on the same conversation i think right now we're talking past each other the students are talking about right. how do i get it and you're talking about how do you learn skills
0: right i mean and, yeah and that's a constant conversation that i'm having with my advisees basically in terms of like you need to stop thinking about jumping through hoops for me i am i'm not invested in in this, like I want you to succeed but it's not about ticking a box or jumping through a hoop, it's about what is it that you need and that you're passionate about and that's where you need to go and you need to stop worrying about the points and start worrying about learning and understanding the things that you love.
1: Learning and understanding.
0: That's right. (laughs) The other thing which tickled in my mind while we were talking was students are they don't like to view their peers as sources of learning. Mm. They want they 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 are in a mode where I am the only source of understanding and you pe- as
1: in you the teacher me
0: the teacher yeah. only me I only only me in this entire college.
1: <laughs> that sounds about right.
2: <laughs> no, I want to echo that because I've, I know I've just recently read too. Like you know our is that our math curriculum has a lot to, of, of asking these leading questions and leaving it open, mm-hmm. which the students don't like. And, and they mentioned, like, hey, um, you're the teacher, teach. Now they're, this year they're saying it a lot more politely, but it's the same <laughs> message. But, you know, and I, th- I can't remember where, I wish I could remember right now for the recording where I read this, like a little article a couple weeks ago over Christmas break, of there is something to be said a little bit, for you can't just do have a wide open space everybody free roam and we'll just do groups of four doing their own thing so the teacher isn't that's true yeah but you're right your peers are a source of knowledge and you just have to know the limitations of okay i've asked my peers or i know their limit of knowledge is here and i need to go ask the professor right and there's also skepticism of like you know professor highland is is whatever he's got, whatever knowledge he's got, but there's other physics professors who are going to be able to give me a different, you know, well, if you want a second bit kind of thing. Yeah,
0: well, one of the things which I remind students, like, I will, I will periodically, I'm going to ask you an unfair question. Now, explain to me how you, under, how you understand this thing that you're asking me about, right? Or turn to another student, so how do you understand this? This is like classic not teaching, in many students' view. that's Yeah, well, I I tell them like I'm, I am not you. None of you are physics majors, so, implicitly, when I was your age, I had a different perspective and understanding. And then I went, and majored in physics. And then I went to graduate school. And (laughs) then I was a postdoc, and I taught. Like, I am years, many years away. (laughs) from where you are in your life and was not where you are now when I was then. And so your peers actually have better, may have better explanations, may have understandings and ways of explaining which are more fruitful than mine.
2: So I think I would put two things in. This is is after a little bit of instruction from the teacher on this current topic and question. Yes. And, uh, you know, as a corollary, I would just say like, you've described, I think what you've described, somebody can correct me in an email, is, um, or a tweet, I guess, is uh, called the fundamental attribution error, where somebody who's an expert in the field or, you know, quasi-expert, I'll call you an expert.
0: <laughs> I'll own that.
2: Well, you know, believes that everybody else has has higher level of understanding than they do, equal or higher. And meanwhile, somebody who is, like, ignorant of the topic believes that, everybody knows less than them on this topic so you know math teachers in high school will walk in having majored in math and rock and roll and calculus and whatever and they're going to teach ninth grade algebra one and just whip through this is easy stuff like everybody's equal to me or better like this is really easy stuff and the students meanwhile are like this is bonkers this guy doesn't know what's like i'm lost Mm -hmm. you know and so that's how it applies out in in High school algebra, and so I think you've just described it exactly right, which is recognizing vocally for the students like, hey, my perception of how to explain this is may not be helpful, so I've done my explanation once, now let's hear it from a different voice,
0: right? This doesn't, I mean, the thing to reassure our students is that that realization does not excuse me from guiding the class and doing my best to. To give my best explanations, to remember the good explanations from students that they give but it also means that I need to hand off control periodically to allow students to guide other students Drew, you need to, you need to bounce?
1: Yep,
2: I guess it's time to go to my next appointment
0: Okay
1: You're very popular
0: <laughs> he, He's a man in demand
2: <clears throat> no, I, no, it's just that schedule this semester Anyway, carry on
0: Alright, we'll carry on a little bit. Alright, now that he's gone...
1: We can talk, st- <laughs> <too. laughs>
0: talk smack about him. I'm sure the students still still say talk smack. Do they? No, they don't. I'm I sure don't they do don't. Them. I assume that he, any slang that has trickled its way up or down or sideways or whatever to me has already gone out of stock. Oh, it's dead. Yeah, it's already yeah. dead. I want to talk a little bit... I mean, we had a conversation earlier today about collaborative learning and students' common gripes.
1: Uh Well, they like to tell me that, well, why are we doing this? And I'm like, well, first of all, I tell you, you should ask that question if you don't legitimately know. So I'm like, okay, fine. But I'm like, well, I'm trying to help you get ready for a real world, and this is the kind of stuff people do. I said, I don't get to do very many things on my own. I have to write things with my colleagues or work on committees or do group projects all the time. And they seem to think that that's not true for their field, no matter what their field is. And so they feel like it's just another one of those silly learning things that don't connect to the real world.
0: Yeah, I think unless your career path is like ascetic hermit, (laughs) working solo is not is not actually a thing
1: Yeah, I mean just thinking about like what we do on a daily basis and I know that our jobs are you know different and specific but I mean I have to work with people in my department in my division across campus across disciplines all the time to get like one thing accomplished like revising the faculty handbook I'm actually not doing that but that's the example that came to my brain good choice not one person is doing it and one person shouldn't do it it's it's collaboratively owned so it needs to be collaboratively revised
0: yes and so most of the stuff that students who talk to me are doing is in terms of engineering or medical stuff in engineering I think they've had they have this idea that they just sit down and like no
1: it's called teams there's always right. teams in engineering Even i know that <laughs> yeah
0: or maybe like an architect but an architect also like if you're not Pay, you're not working on your own even he's i don't think working on his own he has a team which he leads but he's super mega rich architect guy so he, he can afford to run his own architecture firm and design team Whereas before, he, before that was him, he had to work with the team and you gotta make it work. I mean, this is one of the things where like, I hear my students when they're like, I don't like this group. Like, I mean, I see it, we see it as uh, instructors. I
1: have to work with people I don't like sometimes. <laughs> Not Peter, of course, but.
0: <laughs> no, she doesn't, she doesn't have to work with me even though she doesn't like me. When I have multiple groups, especially astronomy, one is, is probably the one where I see this the most, where there are multiple groups. It's pretty obvious to me which groups are functional and which groups are dysfunctional because the functional groups are out of there in like 45 minutes, and the disfun- dysfunctional ones are taken all two hours mm-hmm. of the lab period and maybe have to finish stuff up afterwards. Now, that doesn't mean that, that I don't have some empathy for that, and that's why I tell them, I assign your groups. Yeah. I will assign your first group basically from where you're sitting. But then I'm going to switch things around.
1: I usually do. I'm usually in charge of the groups, um, especially at first. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like for them to choose because they tend to choose their friends, and uh, that's just problematic.
0: Right. I mean, that can either work really well because they know each other and work well together, or it works really poorly because they cannot stay on task.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But. Or they haven't had that sort of dynamic in their relationship, so they don't know how to...
2: Like lead, a yeah,
1: right. or do those kinds of things. So one of my other writing colleagues, she actually has her groups do up um, well, I write up a contract mm. that the group decides what is equal and sufficient participation. What happens when people don't meet those, you know, deadlines or whatever, and they all have to sign it. But they collaboratively write the contract before they even engage in their separate writing assignment. It's also collaboratively written. And
0: that's nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, th- my labs are a little more structured, but I might want to like go pick their brain about how maybe to do that. The cat, I mean, the catch is that even though I'm going to be swapping groups around during the semester, so that so that groups that are dysfunctional are not stuck during the semester as dysfunctional groups, they're gonna shift stuff around. You, I mean, as you say, if we don't get to pick our groups. It doesn't matter like doesn't matter when I'm you're nominated
1: doing. to be on a committee and I'm like, what am I doing
0: here? <laughs> right Right. I mean from <laughs> our experience, like when you're on a committee, each division selects a member of the division to serve on that committee. You have zero control over anybody else that's on that committee.
1: Or sometimes you're the faculty representative on a much larger committee that's made up of other constituencies across the campus, and you're like, why me? (laughs) Why me? (laughs) And again,
0: you have no control over anybody else who's a member of that group, and you can't just throw up your hands and walk away and be like, this is
1: not fair. No, 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 you suffer, and you smile.
0: Yeah, basically, so like adult talk now. You get a group in a job that is dysfunctional, and you're the only one who's doing any work, then well let your superior know that you're the one doing only the work politely don't harp on it and then you
1: get that shit done
0: because your job depends on it.
1: And that's just how it works.
0: We try to make sure that our collaborative learning, our group work things, experiences for our students are as fair and equitable as reasonably possible but all of that fair and equity portion goes out the window once you're on the actual job doing a job. Mm-hmm. And students who have worked jobs, even if you're at a fast food restaurant, you're effectively part of a team. You're part of a group. And I mean, you
1: always know who, like, the,
0: the... You know who the slacker is. Yeah, the
1: dead weight that's <laughs> dragging down the whole... You're like, you're the reason we can't get our orders out in two and a half minutes, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know... Or the one who's like, oh, I don't want to work a shift with Molly because Molly's always spilling stuff and then we yeah. got to stay late cleaning up after shift is done. I mean, well, we'll, what are
1: the people that just don't like when it's a rush and they don't know how to, you know, I can complain about this because I worked at Sonic for six years.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so it's, but the reality is that's tough. Like you're going to have, you know, Steven's going to be on your, group, on, on your team sometimes. You're going to work shifts with Molly. You just got to make it work. And your manager does not care. No. Like, not at, not, not at all. Slow orders, people are pissed off. I don't care what the problem is. Solve it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I don't care how long it takes you to clean up. You clean up this stuff because if food safety comes in and, and there's rats <laughs> everywhere, then we can no shut way. down. You know, that's <laughs> sort of a thing. So anyway. Anyway. We understand. We feel your pain because guess what? We, are the, we have also gone to college and we have worked with groups that were dysfunctional. But at the end of the day... It really really falls to each of us to make sure that what we need to get done gets done. And if you want to make that work really well, then maybe also have a care for helping along some of your team members who are not quite there. Mm -hmm. Like, if they're literally just, like, blowing stuff off, eating a candy bar, taking a nap, don't waste your time. But if someone's trying but not doing well, give them a hand a little bit.
1: Well, and that's kind of at the heart of this, is that Drew said scaffolding, but he wasn't really talking about it in the same way that I talk about it But in the Writing Center. (laughs) Um, The whole idea is that you have a slightly more capable peer who can help you bring your work up to the level where it needs to be. Slightly more capable, not an expert. And in fact, experts are not always the greatest people to have because they don't understand the struggle or they can't go back like the 15 Mm -hmm. years where they were an undergraduate or whatever it was. And so that scaffolding piece is one of the things that I I hope is an outcome of the collaborative learning projects is for the students who are struggling, those stronger students can help bring them up to speed without getting Mm -hmm. dragged down. So as a teacher, I'm always looking for that as well, especially if I'm choosing groups. If I put like all the high achievers in one group, first of all, that's a leadership nightmare. They're probably going to be that's a lot of visions. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> type A and micromanaging everyone can't do that. So it's best if the groups have, like, I have a semester or I have a semester project for, in my professional writing class. And it's there are a lot of steps to it, but if you have too many you know micromanagers in a group, it's going to be a nightmare. But if you don't have anybody to micromanage, then it's going to fall apart. so yeah,
0: it's an equal nightmare <laughs> yeah yeah, and one of the things that I was thinking about in terms of not just not just helping your fellow team members along and helping to solidify your own understanding, which mm-hmm. is something that I've experienced and, and tell them is. You don't understand it unless you can explain it.
1: Exactly.
0: If you're like, no, I get it. And it's like, well, how would you say that in words without the equation? Like, well, I don't really. It's like, if you don't really, then you don't really understand it. If you cannot articulate it, you have not thought it through Mm -hmm. enough. And explaining it to somebody else who's a a step or two below you is a really good place to do that. You don't have to do everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. You just have to get it in the right places. So it gives you this sort of halfway uh, sort of position to explain from. And I would say in terms of related advice to working with groups, do not burn your bridges, people.
1: <laughs> That's just a smart practice in life.
0: <laughs> but if you, are, if you are so frustrated with this group that you're tearing your hair out and you want to punch people in the face, go take 5-10 minutes, walk away, calm down, and come back. And again, try to help along and the, the people that you can because... If you're in a career in the in this in a business in a, in a company, those are the people who are going to be rising along with you.
1: Right.
0: And if Throwing you,
1: fits is really not an option. Yeah,
0: you burn you burn them in some sort of group work. You're like, fine, y'all suck. I'm doing this myself. You know, you three go away. I got them. you know, like you have just push them away. And when you need support, when you need the letter, when you need people speaking for you for a promotion, or somebody else who maybe got promoted ahead of you, putting your name forward for something, your name's not going to come up for them.
1: Doesn't work well with others. Right, yeah, basically.
0: So this part of it is this awareness of, and practicing, of helping others and, and doing as much as you can to help them along and make them feel valued by you yeah. because if you make them feel unvalued by you they they don't value you and yeah. it's it's a rare business or career where you can just be awesome and that's enough because eventually you're in a you're in a place where you're not going to be hired back and forth between companies you're going to be in one place and the people there are the ones that are going to be looking out for you If you haven't looked out for them, they won't look out for you either. So when you're in that group, so students, when you're in that group, nurture the group. Treat this as your practice for doing this in the real world, when it's going to pay you dividends, not in a grade in one week, but in a promotion and a higher salary and a better house and a better life in five or ten years.
1: So Drew was mentioning about the difference between like group work being for points and collaborative learning being for like the outcome. Mm-hmm. Group work, collaborative whatever on the job is not based on points, it is mm-hmm. all based on outcome. So you should stop thinking about things in terms of, well, how many points is this worth? Am I going to get enough? And I realize that's hard to do. <laughs> Uh, and you're basically having to let go of years of training in terms of point grubbing and making sure and calculating everything. And there's nothing around being conscientious, but keep in mind that the whole goal of being in college is to actually learn, not to just gather points.
0: An A in a class is no good to you if you didn't actually learn anything in that class, and you're expected to know things when you get on the job. I've sort of been now just shifting myself into sort of political awareness mode and I don't mean politics in terms of Republicans and Democrats. When I say politics and job politics, it is that who who kinda owes you favors. Mm-hmm. Who do you owe favors? Because mm-hmm. if people really helped you out and they're coming up for something, their name might come up for something and you don't sort of push push them forward as somebody you, who's helped you you have
1: to politic.
0: Yeah, you, you have to sort of groom these relationships between your peers and your superiors and your subordinates so that you can move about and get done what you need to get done. And so that, in group work on a job, it's about not just the outcome, like there's two levels to it. Like, yeah. One of it is the, is the outcome, the, the product of your, of your group's work. The second, w- which you should be aware of, is that politic outcome, like did you make some stronger connections? Mm-hmm. Did you forge an ally? or did you burn a bridge, your life in, in a company becomes, at some level, not like I'm every moment of the day thinking about how to Machiavelli my way through, <laughs> through the administration or something, but rather, if, if my boss asks me to do something, I want to think long and hard about saying yes or no. No may be the right answer, but I want to be able to say no in a way that they feel that I have respected that request and I have the best outcome for the for the college and for them in mind, and for me.
1: Yep. I'm always doing little extra things for people because I know that those add up. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I need somebody to judge entries for a writing contest or be on the Writing Across the Curriculum Committee. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you owe me, I never have to say that. But without saying You should never it,
2: say that. Yeah, yeah I never say that.
1: But I don't have to because right. when I ask somebody to do something and I've been doing stuff for them, they feel they feel like they want to help. Yeah. And so then they're not even like hateful about being a judge. They're like, Oh yeah, I'll do this. This just how it is, you know, and the next time I got them and I'll do something for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of how I get work done mm-hmm. is by constantly like you said grooming those relationships and when people ask for my help or my advice I try my best to make time for them but so what I'm hearing let <laughs> me just back this up sure. is that <clears throat> collaborative learning does have real-world applications
0: yes <laughs> yes and especially if as a, as a student in a group you approach it not just as a as a result oriented but also a process oriented thing where you are thinking okay I'm in this group with so-and-so who I hate. I gotta figure out some way to make this run smoothly. Mm-hmm. You know, or this person I've never met. I wanna figure out something while I'm in this group that I can make a connection with them for. Either do them a favor or just find a s- common interest. So that, you know, maybe someday in another class or later in this class, when I need a hand with something I can tap them and they'll be willing to come to my
1: and that's not the only reason to help people, but no, but <coughs> it is the if reality. Is, yeah,
0: but if it's not something which intrinsic, you're like, I just really want to help all the people.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: it gives it is
0: a it is a reason to help enough people that you your motion through life becomes much more smooth.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure that we're not going to have any more complaints about collaborative learning. <laughs> I feel like we laid it out; it's pretty clear. It's a thing.
0: It's only good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, it's a hot mess? Well, that's life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, if you want to get a hold of me and send me a question uh, that you would like us to address, uh, get me on Twitter at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D. Or you can send me an email at uh, peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. So, hope to hear from you so we can answer your questions. Otherwise, we'll simply answer all of our questions.
1: Or talk about whatever we want. That's
0: right. right, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye. Bye.